You're in the trenches with Mike Thomas, brought to you by First Star Logistics. Mike Thomas, what a key pickup for the Cincinnati Bengals. Plays defensive back, also elected captain of special teams. And what a leader this guy is. He's in the locker room early every day. He's one of the last ones to leave. He's trying to bring along the younger players with respect to their knowledge of the game, especially at the National Football League level. This guy has a high, high football IQ. The biggest thing about him, though, is work ethic. Nobody is going to outwork Mike Thomas. That's why he's been in the league for double-digit years, and he's been in the league. This is his fifth different football team, and he's had an impact on every single one of them. And you'll understand why when you see what Mike Thomas has to say. Appreciate you joining in the trenches with Dave Lapham, brought to you by First Star Logistics, as always. And we come to you from our extraordinary studios at First Star Logistics. We have an extraordinary guest. This guy is not only a great football player, he is just one great guy. You're going to enjoy this. Mike Thomas, what's going on, my man? How's life? And uh, What's going on, man? I'm, I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing well. Doing well. Been in the league a long time, Mike. You know what it takes to uh, to have a, a very successful career for a long period of time. Um, what's the secret sauce? Yeah. What what's what's the key to playing for as long as you've played at such a high level that you played? Yeah, the, one is a blessing, especially you know when I drafted um, coming into this league. But the 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 recipe has been the same since since I came into the league, and that's just working hard, trying to outwork the next man. Um, and then anytime I get an opportunity, I got to take advantage of it. Right. And the, the third thing I'll say is just probably being a better teammate and a better person when I'm in the, in the facility. And I think that's what makes coaches want to keep me around. That's what makes, you know, my teammates, uh, you know, have respect for me and my peers have respect for me, but definitely just being a guy who's trying to always outwork his opponent, always outwork the next man. And when I get my opportunities on the field, just try to take advantage of it, man. That's it. Well, the proof's in the pudding. You've been elected captain everywhere. I mean, <laughs> every team you've been on, uh, the, the players elect you as a captain. That speaks volumes yeah. to what you, uh, not not only on the football field, but in the locker room. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, that's a, that's the highest honor to me. I don't take that lightly at all. Like, uh, when, when it happened here, it, it was humbling, especially for somebody I should, you know, I, I, I was, I came in like mid-season last year, but the team embraced me. They embraced who I was as a person. They embraced who I was as a player and a leader. And for them to, you know, have that much respect for me to, you know, vote me a special teams captain, I mean, I almost got emotional when they when they announced it, man. So, like, like it's, it's it's truly a blessing. It's one of the highest honors I could ever have. And uh testament to me just, you know, being authentic every single day and trying to serve my uh, my teammates, man, trying to serve in the locker room. That's it. So you're the epitome of a student athlete. You went to Stanford. You have to be uh, have something upstairs here to go to Stanford, and, and and you did, and that's where you played. Take us back even earlier. Take us back to your high school athletic career. Were right. you were you a guy that played a ton of sports, Mike? Was was it football all the time? What was your deal in high school? Oh no, nah, man, Dave. I'll say this, man. I grew up with three older sisters and a little niece that stayed with us, man. I was trying to play as many sports as possible. Shoot, I'll, I'll go to chess club if I could. You know, I, I just did not want to be in the house, man. I was doing everything: basketball, 
<laughs> baseball was the first sport I ever played. That was my true love, like first love when it comes to sports. But yeah, I ran track, uh, played played a little tennis uh, and soccer. So yeah, I did it all, man. So in the, in those formative years, was there an individual? Was there a guy that was the beacon of light for you that kind of uh, you know showed you the way as such? Oh no, definitely. I mean, like early on, early on, like before high school, I definitely got to credit that to my dad. Like one putting the baseball and glove in my hand, showing me all the old school uh, football videos. I'm talking about Broadway Joe. Uh, you know, like I, I guess Baltimore Colts. I just, you know, uh, they were still the Baltimore Colts at that time. Yep. Uh, Johnny United, showing, you know, showing me all those old school films. Uh, and that's when I fell in love with it. But then I'll say by the time I got to high school, I had a mentor who was my quarterback's coach. I played quarterback in high school. Um, and he still, he still texts me every game day, every week. Uh, Charles Nichols. He was my quarterback's coach, uh, mentor, turned mentor for my whole college and pro career, and now even like a big brother. Uh, like he helped mold me. He helped, uh, you know, cultivate me and try to turn me to the man I am today, especially when it comes to sports and my mindset on game day, sports and how I live, uh, you know, carry myself off the field. I got to give him a lot of credit to that, man. Uh, there's no doubt he did. He did one heck of a job. So you, you advanced from the high school ranks to the to Stanford. What, why Stanford, Mike? What was it about Stanford that appealed to you? Uh, one, man, I, they, I, I still remember the first time, you know, Stanford, I guess, came into the picture in my recruitment. Uh, I just saw like an article on Yahoo or something like that at the time, not even Google, Yahoo, uh, that uh, Jim Harbaugh <laughs> had became the new head coach of Stanford. And it was just on the front page. So I asked my dad about him. And I was like, yeah, man, who's this coach that's on front page? And he was like, yeah, man, like, he he played quarterback in the league, I think, for the Bears, Colts, or something like that. Yeah, he was he was a he was a fiery guy and fiery coach or something like that. So that's a good hire for old Stanford. And I kid you not, Dave, maybe five, ten minutes later, I get a text on my phone and wow. it's from somebody with a six five oh area code, Palo Alto, saying, Hey, Michael, introducing uh, myself as Coach Harbaugh. Uh, a lot of other teams might want you, but we need you. And wow. from that moment on, I'm like, yo, hold on, what, what is Stanford? I thought it was Ivy League, Dave. I thought it was somewhere on the East Coast and stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, just just checked into it. And once I realized what type of institution it was, uh, the weight of what uh, degree, getting a degree from an institution like that would carry, um, took my unofficial visit out there that summer uh, and fell in love with the, with the scenery, the, the, the mountain views in the background. It just felt like I would go off to uh, college and that campus. I knew if I got in, that's where I was going to go. I, I, I wasn't originally thinking about going to a school like that. That wasn't the plan. Um, but once I got accepted, my dad pretty much cut my recruitment off. He didn't even let me take any more visits. He was like, yeah, that's where you're going, son. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. So balancing academics and athletics at a program yes. like Stanford, you learned about time management at a, oh, at yes. a pretty young age. I mean, your, your time management yeah. had to be phenomenal. What did you oh. end up with your degree in, Mike? Oh, absolutely. No, I, it was definitely a culture shock once I first got there. I think my first summer uh, school class, arriving as a, a freshman for summer workouts, we had their most basic math, you know, that you can ever think of at Stanford. I mean, high school kids, nearby high school kids were coming in and taking the course as well, trying to get, you know, college credits. Right. And I realized very quickly that, oh, this is Stanford, Stanford. This is not, the, you know, these kids didn't go to the same high school I came from. I'm going to have to work hard. To, I'm going to have to work hard to survive, let alone have to, have to, work, have to work hard to survive. And, and it was great. It was a great learning lesson for me. I uh, played as a true freshman. I ended up studying sociology, but, you know, I, I worked for it. And uh, blessed to say that I ended up graduating from Stanford. 
Uh, and then once I got to the NFL, I didn't have any like business background. I didn't have any take any business courses at Stanford. They don't even have a business undergrad degree. So I ended up getting my MBA uh, during my time with the Dolphins. How about that? You get an MBA, you get an advanced degree. Yeah, Thomas, man. man, you're getting it done. I mean, you're, you're right. living life the right way, my man. There's no doubt. No doubt at all. Appreciate it, Dave. Trying so, to anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pl playing as, as long as you played it. And, and you've had experience with different organizations. Okay. Um, the, the Miami Dolphins, San Francisco 49ers, uh, New York Giants, okay. Houston Texans. I think you're up to 116 career games if I counted it right. I mean, that's man. a heck of a run, man. What Are there, are there any – Anything that you you probably learned something from every organization, but oh, kind of compare and contrast a little bit those organizations with what's going on here in Cincinnati. Yeah, I, I it, it it's hard to like say, hey, oh, this one's better overall than this, you know, what I'm saying than the other. But there's definitely some uh, some you know some some things that that uh, are are different. There's some similarities, but there there are definitely some things that you're like, okay, this one did this well. Uh, I'll just I'll I'm. I'm San Fran was good for me coming out as an undrafted rookie because of their culture and their history of winning, you know, with Super Bowls and whatnot. Right. And they were stacked. They were very uh, veteran loaded, to be honest. Like they had like the Monstar team uh, when I came out. So I, I got to learn from some great vets that taught me the game. Right. And their facility was fine. Like, again, their organization, uh, rich in history. Then I go to the Dolphins and like obviously they got Dan Marino, that story. They, they're the only team to go undefeated. And they 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 did a great job when it comes to like sports performance and uh, you know trying to trying to pour into resources for all their players for recovery, right? Hmm. Um, I get to the Giants 2018. I finally reached free agency. I ended up choosing the Giants um, and a family organization. You never know who you're talking to in that building, man. You just you know everybody's speaking, but one of the nephews, the you know nephews of the owners might be working in the laundry room. You know what I'm saying? They might be working because they want them to see what is what it feels like to actually work in, a, in, in their family business and right. working with the organization and have a different appreciation, a different mindset for yeah. everyone. So, I mean, it was, it was special in that way, man. It just like, they, 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 they really made everyone feel welcome in, at home within that building. Uh, Texans, that was home, man. That was special in its own, own right. And I don't got a great comparison because there was COVID it was 2020. So I didn't get that full uh, experience of being with the Texans, but it was home, man. It was H town. So I enjoyed it. And then clearly, I'm here with the Bengals, man. This culture, I. The closest thing I can compare this to is probably back when I was at Stanford, like just how everyone, like, plays for one another. It's a culture where it's you know unselfish. Um, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Zach, Luana Rumo, uh, 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 Duke, they did a great job of building a culture and building you know uh, this team and organization around you know people that care for one another. And it made me want to come to work every single day, pour into these guys, serve them, and, you know, just try to say, how can I help y'all get better? How You know, and, and I'm trying to get better every single day, even in year 11 at 32. So, I, I mean, this one, it, 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 I can only compare that to the feeling I got when I was still back in staff. I'll tell you what. I played uh, 12 years. I know what it takes to play 12 years. You're in your 11th year. I know what it takes to play 11 years. I get nothing but respect for you. And for you to play – 11 years, over 100, like 116 games. I yeah. mean, the thing I've, I've mentioned this before, you summing you up in a nutshell is I remember early stages of training camp. There's a bunch of young guys trying to make the football team. Who's yeah. out on the football? Who's one of the first guys out on the football field? 
It's the 11-year veteran Mike Thomas out there lining up in some of his spots as a personal protector, simulating pressures, covering, doing all this stuff. And this is like a half an hour before practice. You're out there. on, And I'm like, look at this dude. This is why he's into his 11th year in the National Football League. Yep. That is such a – I mean, it struck me. So I'm, I'm thinking the young guys are like, wow, yep. this is what it takes to play in the league. I got to step it up a little bit. I mean, you're an unbelievable example for these guys, man. Man, I, I appreciate that, Dave. And it's just one of those things that that's always helped me just trying to prepare, trying to be, over, you know, like overprepared. So, I mean, trying to show, you know, we got a couple of young guys. We got a young snapper this year. Uh, just really just worked with him today. It's our off day, but we worked together, you know, watching over our, our punt protection uh, with Cal. Uh, young guys like Tyson Anderson, you know, he we're going to we're gonna have to lean on him at some point. This organization going to have to lean on him at some point. And so I'm just trying to teach him as much as I can, everything I know. Uh, you know, with the time I got with him, man, you know, I, I can't, I can't leave, not me, you know, as, as a person, as a player, I can't leave here. And, you know, he, he, he doesn't know and understand everything that I know, you know, he's asking and he's doing a great job. He's asking all, all the right questions, but I want to show him what it's like to go through walkthroughs on your own, you know, visualize something happening, how, how to take notes in a meeting, how to ask questions how to be a leader in the locker room and ask more from other guys. You know, that, th those are the type of things I just try to show, man, and, and, and that's just me every single day. So the two phases of the football team that you're uh, you're a part of defensively haven't allowed a second-half touchdown, and uh, you're captain of special teams, and special teams are number eight in the NFL in punt returns, number three in kickoff returns, and number one covering kickoffs in the top ten in three of the four major categories. Not bad, man. I mean, yep. <laughs> that's, you guys are off to a, a darn good start. Um, speak to uh, defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo, what, yep. what you're learning from him, and special teams coordinator assistant head coach Darren Simmons. What's he like to learn from? Absolutely. I'll, I'll start with Coach Simmons, man. I mean, I thought I was, you know, somebody who prepared and overprepared and, you know, made sure I knew everything and what to expect. Nah, I'm, 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 that, I, that's child's play. I, I got so much. To, <laughs> I got so much to learn about this game. I mean, Darren, he knows everything to the T. He knows what's coming. He has us prepared. He downloads us with information. Uh, he tests our knowledge. He tests, you know, how much more, you know, like he asks us questions. He might, in, in, in our notes from practice, might sneak a question in there to see, hey, are you, oh, you think you know enough? You think you're prepared? What about this? How many touchdowns did this guy score in college? You know, so he, he asked the little things. It's the little things, man, the details, the fine details of the game. And I respect that. I love that. Um, I see coaching, you know, everywhere I've been. And I love the way he coach. I love the way he pushes us and the way he has us prepared, man. He's he's, he's a great coach. I see him being the head coach one day because um, he relates to everybody. And he just has his guys prepared and ready to play, man. Right. Uh, and, and, yeah, I'll take a breath and then talk about defensive <laughs> coordinator, Lou Anarumo. I mean, Lou had me since my very first game at, of actually playing in the NFL, you know, as a guy who was post off San Fran's practice squad to go to Miami in December of 2013, right? That's a coach that <laughs> he emphasizes technique, playing smart football and using your techniques. And I've seen him go from that fiery defensive back coach with an Italian background that don't really take too much from anybody and might spark, you know, they might have some sparks flying uh, at any point at practice, game, whatever, to now he's a defensive coordinator and it's just like 
he's like a, he's like a mastermind. He's a, he's he's a mad scientist when it comes to trying to cr come up with great game plans that are sound um, and put guys in positions to win. And from the fronts to the linebackers to the secondary. I mean, I I, I joke with guys when I first got here. Y'all don't, you know what I'm saying? Y'all getting Lou's light. Y'all don't know the real Lou because he's, he's, his, his demeanor and his approach is a whole lot different than how it was when I was in Miami with him. So, yeah, it, it's, 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 it's definitely, uh, he's definitely grown and it's for the best. But now, nah, Lou, Lou, Lou's a great coach. Guys want to play for him. They'll ride for him. They'll, you know, like they, they'll put it on the line for him because they know he's giving us his best and trying to put us in the best position to win. You know, it's very interesting because in my mind, um, the best defensive coach probably in in history you could say uh, in the NFL Bill Belichick yep. started he cut his teeth as a secondary coach in the secondary yep. and now in college ranks Nick Saban same thing cut yep. his teeth in the secondary and Lou Anarumo it's like if they 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 kind of understand from the back end and how it works at the middle and the front of things yep. and the shrink space on the quarterback I'm not saying that I'm. Oh, you should put Lou Anarumo in the same category as Bill Belichick and and Coach Saban. They've got you know right. different belts on the wall and all that. But he he gets football, I think, yes. on a level like those guys. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. Because again, for having been coaching for a long time, but you know, also when you deal with the secondary, you understand like, hey, uh, uh, for a D lineman, if they mess up and they're out there gaps or something like that, nobody sees it. Nobody knows. If a linebacker misfits something, you know, don't, you know, they spill when they were supposed to, you know, hammer and set the edge. If they hammer, you know, they run outside or miss, you know, miss their gaps outside and the ball cuts up. Nobody really sees that. But if a secondary player messes up, if yeah. somebody gets behind us, you know, if, if, if we miss a tackle once the ball has squirted out, oh, the band's playing, Dave, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? So, so it, 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 when, when you understand it from that perspective, you know, you, you, constantly put everybody in positions to win but you're going to ensure that your secondary your last line of defense is you know in 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 in, in premium positions to have, you know like to win and you know and you're trying to take away their best guys you're trying to make sure our guys are you know available to are able to have success because we know we can't mess up we can't afford to mess up in the back end and, that, and i think when you have that mindset you know, it allows you to be a little bit more creative up front too to help those guys. You know, like be aggressive and and and, and make plays. So I think it all works together. I think Lou having that perspective helps him. I think he's a great defensive coordinator, man, and it's been working well for the Bengals in our defense. Yeah, it's it's. I'll tell you, the defense has been extraordinary. And six games in to an NFL schedule, we're talking National Football League now. To not have a touchdown scored on you in the second yeah. half, six weeks into a season. It's really extraordinary. I mean, there are no two ways about it. And yep. and here's a you you just came off a, a victory against the football team in the Saints yep. that they were converting eighty percent of the time in the red zone. They're converting to touchdowns. You guys hold them to one of five. You yep. hold them to twenty percent. You just yep. kind of flip the script on them. What is yeah. it about this football team, particularly when it you know get in the red zone, low red zone? Man, you guys buckle down. Yeah, I th I, th I think it's something that. Lou emphasizes every single player, every single coach. We emphasize on this side of the ball, you know, we don't want to give up anything, right? We don't want to give up 100 rushing yards. We don't want to give up 250, 300 passing yards. But at the end of the day, we all understand yards do not equal points. So if they do happen to get in the red zone by any means, like shoot, even if they started there because of a long, unfortunately, a long return or a turnover, whatever, we can't give up a touchdown. We got to hold them to three. 
And with everybody to play at a high level, that allows us to have success because if they're kicking field goals instead of scoring touchdowns, that gives us a chance, chance to win the game. No doubt. Uh, the, the game, uh, this past game against the Saints, in my mind, was one on third down. Going into the game, the Saints were only allowing, they were allowing less than 30% conversion rate on third down, three out of 10. Offensively, yep. the Bengals converted six out of 10. They doubled it up. They did yes. 60%. And then in the red zone, what you guys did in the red zone as a football team, offense goes three for three in the red zone, and the Saints weren't allowing that kind yep. of conversion rate. The Saints were second best in the NFL in, in red zone touchdown percentage defensively. Offense goes three for three. They're converting 80%, like I said, defense. You guys holding to one for five. In five red zone opportunities, they scored 19 points. In three red zone opportunities, two less possessions, scored 21 points. Yep. You scored them by two, you know, in, in, with two less possessions. In my yep. mind, that was a football game, right? Absolutely. I mean, Dave, you just broke it down. <laughs> I, was gonna say, I, I don't have anything, you know, uh, you know, more to add to that. But yeah, that, yeah. that definitely tell, like you told the tale. And, you know, I, I, I think our offense, you know, they were able to execute at the level that they wanted to. Um, and, and, and that's great thing about this team, man. We all play for one another. We lead on one another. Uh, we're still, you know, working to have that perfect complimentary game where, you know, special teams puts us in great field position all night. Defense, uh, you know, you know, gets three and outs. We got them backed up. Then offense going put it, put it in the end zone. So we're always working together. Uh, we, we're leaning on each other when one side might not, you know, be playing as well in the game. And, you know, that, that's, again, that's just a sign of our testament to the culture that Zach Taylor, Lou Anarumo, Darren Simmons, uh, Brian Callahan, that, that they've developed for this team. You know, the, the, uh, the Saints did, did get out for 228 rushing yards, and yep. they had 99 of those yards on three consecutive carries. Yes. 44-yard touchdown. They get outside to the right. They had a 28-yard run to the left. Yep. And between the tackles, Hill went for 31 yep. on three straight plays. Now, there's different reasons probably for all of them. Um, you guys have been unbelievable tacklers defensively. Right. In this game, though, missed eight tackles for like yeah. yards they shouldn't have gotten kind of thing. All correctable, though, right? Yes. Gap control, correctable. Tackling, correctable. But when the game was on the line, McPherson hits a 52-yard field goal. You guys, Saints go three and out. Bengals score, one play touchdown, 60 yards. You guys have to hold on another possession. They get nothing on the final possession, win the football game. So when it was on the line, when you had to step up, defense stepped up, didn't they? Oh, absolutely. And that sequence you just said, field goal, you know, uh, we stop them three and out. Special teams gets them to shank the punt. We score the next play. Right. Now, that's the complimentary football. Like you said, we did it down the line. Right. But we want to do that all again. You know, say we're still working so we can have that consistently, way more consistently. And to your to your point, man. When we needed it the most, our defense found a way to finish. And that's really been a thing. Our offense, you know, you know, great by them, getting it across the line, you know, going scoring touchdowns instead of kicking field goals for the most part of the game. And then our defense at the end. Cause, you know, there's three games that we lost that it came down to the last possession with our defense on the field, not getting that final stop. So right. to finally be able to finish when it's you know, we're defending the touchdown, not a field goal this time, but to finally get that finish, you know. That was that that was a that was a check mark off the box for you know one of our goals and you know proud of those dudes. Again, we still got a lot to work and clean up on, but that that was great and that's a testament to how hard our guys work, especially with guys stepping up. You know, unfortunately because of injuries. So for the third week in a row, 
you're, you're facing uh, a, a scenario that's a little bit different in that Lamar Jackson can yeah. perch in the running game like no other quarterback in the NFL. Tyson Hill, they use him, you know, to run the ball yeah. uh, at the quarterback position and other spots with the New Orleans Saints. And now Marcus Mariota, who's able to run the football. Three straight weeks, you have a quarterback run package. It's like, man, there's an extra gap there. You know, they got an yeah. extra blocker. That's another gap I have to worry about. Right. Um, and I'm looking at the Falcons' numbers. And in today's NFL, for a football team to be running the ball for more yards per game than throwing it, I was right. like, what? But it's true. I yep. mean, they're running the ball. Uh, uh, let's see. They're running the football at 100, 165.2 yards a game, third yep. in the NFL. They're throwing it for 159.2. They're throwing it six yards less a game than they're running it for, which is 30th in the league. It's almost like a college-style offense right. when, I was just... when you look at it, right? But, again – this quarterback run package and the way they can run the football, that's another snootful, isn't it? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, nah, man. I mean, you just described it. When you have quarterbacks running it and there's not a scramble, it's design runs. I mean, it's like you're playing almost wildcat every single play, but you can't because they actually can't throw it. Like, Taysom Hill can throw it. Obviously, Lamar Jackson's playing at a high level this year, and now you got Marcus, Marcus Mariota in this offense. And like you said, it's not in today's offense, you know, where the – uh, um, um, the trend is going more toward spread and airing it out, right? Throwing for 400, 500, uh, you know, passing yards a game. They flipped the script. They said, like, nah, we're going to make y'all, you know, have to have to adjust to us. We're going to dictate the tempo by putting fullbacks out there, <laughs> you know, extra line. Right. <laughs> Maybe only one receiver out there and see, do you want to come play downhill football? And, and, and when you add, again, a quarterback that can run, that presents his own issues in itself. Uh, because it creates an extra gap. He's unaccounted for in most right. defensive schemes. So what are you going to do to adjust to that? And that's that's the, that's the uh, the riddle that Lou Anarumo is, uh, you know, trying to get us prepared for and trying to fix before he presents his game plan to us tomorrow. Um, it's, it's it's definitely something, like you said, we've dealt with these last couple of weeks. Uh, and, and, and this is going to be, you know, as, as great as a challenge as these last two weeks were, right? So I think our guys are prepared. Right, we're going to be prepared. We're working toward it. Uh, getting a head start today together watching film, uh, but but got to give respect to them for changing the trend and uh, uh, and, and and like you said, starting with some college class, almost high school with some of the formations that they right. <laughs> lining up with, and we got to go stop it. We got to we got to find a way to stop it. Mariota completed his first first thirteen passes in the win over the 49ers. They win twenty eight fourteen. That that defense was number one in the league coming in. They yep. got they hung twenty eight on them. And then, uh, you know, Shanahan's offense was only able to generate 14 points yep. against the Falcons. So, you know, uh, definitely a challenge. But you just hit on it. You th This is the day off. Right. Your defensive backs are already together, you know, getting things done early, studying things. Yep. The chemistry and the execution on the back end, the people that are in that back end and the secondary for the Bengals, extraordinary. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, man. Um, I'm proud of this group. I was uh, pleasantly, I'm not going to say surprised, but I was definitely, um, you know, amazed at what I saw when I got here last year, the leadership of Yvonne Bell uh, and how bought in guys like Cheeto was. Uh, I had played with Eli with the Giants, but to see him, you know, him and Vaughn, they're like this, played in college together, played with the Saints together. So, I mean, right. that's a whole different dynamic. But to see how bought in those guys were, Jesse Bates, how – detailed they are with their notes and 
uh, their, their assignments and techniques and they put a premium on communication and how, you know, Mike Hilton's a great leader and how just bought in everyone was and they made other guys, you know what I'm saying? Like, like follow them. And now it's just the norm. That's the standard. That's the expectation. And again, I, I had only seen it, you know, last year, I, I, I didn't say it much, but I was like, the only other time I saw this was when I was with a team that went to the Super Bowl <laughs> and that was my rookie year. And, you, you know, it was blessed to be a part of that last year and seeing it and, you know, finding ways to contribute myself. But the chemistry in this secondary, I mean, we know that we're playing for one another. We know that we need each other in order to, you know, have success. We can't be out there by ourselves. And we, we put it on ourselves as the as a standard of our secondary room that, you know, as we go, the rest of the team goes. If we have a great day, the rest of the team's going to have a great day. If we aren't executing and we're giving, you know, giving plays up, then it's probably going to be a long day for our team. Or our team's going to have to do something extraordinary to try to overcome or overcompensate, you know, for what, what, what we didn't do. It's just one of those things where we're constantly just putting it on ourselves to, like, go out there and, and, and perform at a high level. And it starts with our leadership with Von Bell, Jesse Bates, Cheeto, Eli, and Mike. All right, let me get you out of here on on this, uh, Mike, because this is your area of expertise. Appreciate you carving all the time on your day off that you uh, have with us. Oh, good. You're the, you're, you're the special teams captain. This yep. kid Williams, uh, the return guy for the Atlanta Falcons, number one in the NFL, averaging 17.8 yards per punt return. That's best overall as a team. They're number one in the league in punt returns. Uh, they're number four in the NFL in kickoff returns because of Williams' excellence. If he had enough returns, he'd be in the top five. He's averaging over 24 a re return. These guys have a good return game, punt return, kickoff return. You right. know, as a veteran player and a smart player, that the hidden yards, you know, the field yes. position, the average drive start deal is a big deal in this football game. How important uh, will this be against the Atlanta Falcons? Oh, definitely. It's going, to, it's going to be of the utmost, utmost uh, importance and imperative that we control the field position with our play. That's our specialists. That's our core guys covering. That's, uh, you know, us getting key blocks when we're in the return game. Um, and picking and choosing our spots when we want to, you know, when we want to try to be, you know, aggressive. But again, Darren always has us has us prepared. Uh, he always, you know, is, is, is thinking about, you know, situational football and, you know, how can we help put our team in the best position? Um I, I think, you know, for us, especially our core guys that's playing, you know, kickoff, kickoff return, punt and punt return, we went against the, you know, the Ravens and they were number one in punt return and kickoff return at the time. Yep. And I thought we did well. We we, we, we we rose to the occasion. We rose to the challenge. Um, we were number one in kickoff at that time. Um, going against the number one KOR, we were, uh, you know, uh, trying to climb, climb up the rankings when it comes to punt. Get it up, going against the number one punt returner, and and I, and, and and we did well that game. You know, we, we performed well. Um, I think it won't be no different come Sunday. We're going against you know again the number one, uh, like number one returner when it comes to statistics. Uh, we got we got to rise to the occasion, and I think we got the guys to do it. Uh, we're gonna have to work at it. We're gonna have to you know uh, get in our game plan, study the film, uh, and it's gonna be a challenge. And we're just gonna have to you know go out there and execute. Yeah, it, it's. This uh, Falcons football team is three and three, just like the Bengals, and they've been in a ton of close games. They lost by a point to New Orleans. Uh, they lose by four to the Rams. Mm -hmm. They beat Seattle by four. They beat right. Cleveland by three. They lose to Tampa Bay by six, and then they beat the 49ers by two scores. The Bengals lose in overtime to Pittsburgh by three, lose to Dallas by three. They beat the Jets by two scores, beat Miami by two scores, lose to Baltimore by two, 
and uh, beat the New Orleans Saints by four. So it's like both teams have been in a bunch of close games. Understand it's going to come down to avoiding a mistake, yep. making a play, and finishing the game. That's the deal in the NFL, right, Mike? Absolutely, man. Like that, like the game we was just in against the Saints. I mean, we had a lot of adversity early on in the game, but what I loved about our sideline was everybody had the same mindset. Hey, let's stay together. Let's fight through adversity. Stay positive. Let's just keep working. Keep working. And sure enough, coming fourth quarter, we all dug deep and said, hey, let's just find a way to finish, fellas. Let's find a way to finish and we're going to get a win. And it's 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 not surprising to see that that's the story of the Falcons as well. So, you know, you, you're going to lose, you know, most games in the NFL come down to the last possession. You know, there's not going to be too many blowouts, right? Not in the NFL. Um, so it's, it's going to come down to us again, you know, trying to execute, trying to play complimentary football and control field position from a special team standpoint. And then when it gets to that fourth quarter, playing great complimentary football and finding a way to finish late in that game. And, and, and we understand that. We understand what type of team this is, uh, you know, controlling the clock, running the ball, and they, they play hard. They play tough. So we're going to have to, you know, uh, go out there, first study this game plan, study the field, and then when we get to the game, just go execute, man. And yeah, it's going to be a fun. Mike, can't thank you enough. Um, Cincinnati Bengals are very fortunate to have a guy that's as positive as you are, as great a leader as you are, and uh, man, everybody's just very happy and, and uh, feel fortunate that you're part of this organization, my man. Doing a great job. Keep keep it rolling. No, I appreciate you, man, and thank you so much for having me, man. Just want to want to continue to serve my men. That's it. <laughs> Let's go get this. You're doing way. it. You're doing it as well as anybody can. You're the best. Thanks, Mike. Have a great one. Thank you. You too. At First Star Logistics, we're a very strict company that really puts the pressure on our employees. <laughs> Brakes? What are those? That's what I'm talking about, Icky. Get the body right, then the mind's right. You yeah. know, you gotta get that body right. That's right. right. Yes, sir. Become a star with a chance to earn the highest commission percentages in the industry as a freight broker agent. Check out FirstStarLogistics.com.